Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. <clears throat> Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on a safe path. God, we always rely on your supernatural work through the power of your spirit. I especially need it today. So would you just uh, have your way? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> You know, the work that we're doing is really about NBCC going to the next level in this new year, in this new decade. And I'm sure that all of you, if you just think back, uh, you are as much aware as I am that there was a lot of people who started last year uh, who didn't live to see this new year. Some of them are rich, some is poor, some are famous, some are unknown, and some of them are in our families. And among our friends. So that means two things. Number one, the fact that you are alive and you're here or listening by video somewhere means you shouldn't take it for granted. You've been blessed. Amen. Amen. Tell the person next to you, you're blessed. All right. Secondly, it also means, as far as I'm concerned, that God has spared you, spared me, because there is at least one more level for you and I to reach for. Shout one more level. One more level of living. So it really doesn't matter where you stand in life, whether you are uh, a janitor or a CEO, a plumber, or a stay-at-home parent, or a retiree or a student, wherever you stand in life, uh, there is at least one more level, I think, for you to reach for. And I want to argue with this new series that the best way to reach for the next level in this new year, which sets up a new decade, is by prioritizing our relationships. Tell the person next to you, prioritize your relationships. Everything, as far as I'm concerned, everything starts and ends with relationships. I was in Cushada this past weekend, a weekend ago, at our my high school class reunion. Graduated in 1982. And part of what made this unique is the elementary, when we were in elementary school, our elementary class was the first integrated uh, class in the history of the town. And they thought there was going to be violence and all that. God's grace didn't happen. So when we graduated, it was the end of that great you know, it, it, it demonstrated the prudence of that great experience. And so we were trying to get everybody together across race and all these other different lines. So I was there. I got to speak at a dinner on Saturday night. But as I moved around and interacted with uh, classmates, and we honored a lot of teachers who had been blessings in our lives, it struck me that I am who I am and I am where I am, listen, because of relationships. When I was growing up in the Baptist church, we used to sing this song, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the everlasting arm, uh, trusting, come on. Uh, uh, and, and so first of all, that was a reminder uh, that, and, and I, this is true for me, 
that I am who I am, where I am, first and most foremost because of my relationship with God, right? Uh, uh, that, that in the gaps of my life, tell the person next to you, check your gaps. The mystery, the places that, 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 that life came together without a reasonable explanation. When I was uh, a, a year and a half old and my parents had divorced, my dad had disowned me, my mom got sick, she's about to put me in an orphanage, shout gap! God filled that gap with his grace and got me from San Francisco to Cachetta, Louisiana and put me in the arms and home of my grandaunt and granduncle. Uh, so truly... Uh, I'm here because of what God has done in my life. But listen to me now. Most of what God has done in my life, God did it through other people. Shout relationships. Relationship. It's, it's, the, it's my granduncle and granduncle, the, uh, who was a, my granduncle was a Baptist minister, and, and I'm a Christian, I'm sure, today, because I grew up in their house, and, and, and they actually tried to live what they taught and put, preached on Sunday, uh, in how they cared for people, uh, cared for each other, and cared for me. Uh, uh, shout, relationships. Uh, I, I was mindful of my two best friends. I had two friends going through school, Thomas Kirk and Eric Willis. And upon reflection, I realized uh, neither of them drank, neither of them did drugs, neither of them was sexually promiscuous. And as a result, I didn't have that kind of up close pressure to get involved in any of those. Believe me, I got my, I created my own trouble, but I didn't have to get involved in that kind of stuff. Shout relationships. It was how God was moving in my life through relationships. It's, it's the deacons who inspired me in my church family. It's the educators who, who, who ultimately encouraged me and challenged me and said when I was really acting up uh, uh, and acting out that there's more in you than what you know. And they kept calling it out and calling it out. God was at work in all those instances, but it was through what? So this series is about taking seriously the relationships in your life, handling them with care. Because if you really want to go to the next level, it starts with your relationship. Let me just say one more thing about relationships in your life. Relationships, whether it's your team, at your job, family, friends, relationships not only help you to reach success, but relationships are especially helpful in the days when you are experiencing failure. They are especially helpful in the days that you are contending with sickness and disease. They are especially helpful in the days that, that you're dealing with grief the loss of loved ones, it's, it's, it's the relationships. I, I tell the ministers around me, particularly those of who, who are younger, do not make the mistake. It took me years to learn this. And the first time I, I, was, I was instructed about this was back in Faith Presbyterian Church in Pine Bluff. One of my elders, he watched me, Dr. Coleman. I was running here, I was running there, I was doing this, I was doing that. I was up, up early, out late. And she said to me, she said, Reverend, don't you let them people kill you. She said, because here's the deal. 
You're doing all this stuff thinking you're the only one who can get it done. If they kill you, they're going to come to your funeral. They're going to walk up when it's time to view the body and look at your corpse in the casket. And they're going to say, he sure does look natural. And then they're going to go on about their life. Come on now. <laughs> and, and all that stuff you thought that couldn't get done without you will get done. So I, I, I share that with my, my pastors, my ministers around me. Don't, 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 be, don't, don't, don't pour so much in public ministry that you let the vital relationships in your life dry up and fall apart. Why? Because there will come a day when I won't be pastor of NBCC. Some of y'all will remember me. Most of y'all be scared. You know what? Herman who? What? What? Oh, yes. I remembered him. Uh, 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 but y'all won't be around. But I hope my wife right here will be sitting in a rocking chair on the porch right next to me. Come on now, I hope my children and my grandchildren are going to come by the house and, and, and cook for me and, 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 and buy me technology, I hope. <laughs> Take care, grabs. come on. At that moment, watch it. But if I don't invest in relationships now, it's possible I'll be sitting on the porch by myself then. What's the task? Got to handle with care. Shout relationships. All right, let me give you a theological grounding for this. And then I just got some simple stuff I'm going to give you today. And then we're going to get back here and work through some stuff over the next few weeks. Toxic relationships next week. Marriage and being single and all that stuff. We're going to work through all that, right? But, but, but I want to I take you to Genesis 1. The first book in the Bible. When all gets started, Genesis means the beginning. I want to call your attention to, to, uh, to uh, Genesis 1, beginning 27. Listen, watch this. So God created human beings. Everybody shout, beings. Notice the plurality of that word. In his own image. Now, we always say that each of us are created in the image of God. And yes, we all bear some image of God. That's not the, but that's not the point here. You're, you by yourself, you're not a perfect image of God. You're an imperfect, right? In the image of God, he created what? Them. Meaning. What the theologian was saying. He's talking about Adam and Eve here, but they, they, they are extrapolating to all of humanity. And what he's saying, watch this, is that when God created humanity, his intent, he created us in, in all of the diversity across race and tribe and nation and ethnicity, all that. But when humanity is living harmoniously in relationship with each other and harmoniously in relationship with God, that God can then look at us, kind of like looking at this congregation, look at us and see the best reflection, image means reflection, of himself. Right? Male and female, black and white and short and tall, all that stuff. Shout image. All right? Here's, all right, so we were built for relationship. That's the first order of creation for us. All right, watch this. All right, male, female, he created them. 28, put that up there, watch this. I love this. We structure our relationships around the world, around our jobs, around the things we're doing. 
But the original intent was that work and all that would come out of our relationships. Would be structured around. Watch this. Then God blessed what? Them. All of them together. Right? All of us. And said. Here it is. Be fruitful. That's family. That's, 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 that's in loving relationships. Bring forth families and generations, right? Multiply. This is the advancement of humanity. This is, this is to go from families to communities, from communities to tribes, from tribes to nations. Uh, multiply, right? Fill the earth, and here it is. Everybody shall govern it. He's talking to him, or is he talking to them? Them. Here's a great word for the ladies who are trying to figure out theologically, should I be governing alongside men? The answer is yes. But here's the notion. Fill the earth and govern it. In other words, that's teamwork. That's your team. But it comes out of this place of relationship. Rain over this, this fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all that kind of stuff, right? Then, we don't have time to look at it, but if you go home and read it, here's what you're going to discover. When the tempter enters the garden in chapter 3, the first relationship he tackles is a relationship between humanity and God. And so he says to the woman, did God really say that you cannot eat of any of these trees? He knew what he was doing. And the woman said, no, 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 no. We can eat of any tree we want except this woman. God said, if we touch it, we die. And the serpent says, verse 4, God lying to you. You won't die. God knows that if you eat of the tree, you will be just like him. And therefore, don't know, don't need him. All right, here's a quick insight. Here's a quick insight. Be careful that you do not allow the advancement of technology, the elevation of education, the expansion of economics in your life to persuade you that you don't need God. To persuade you there must not be a God because we're getting all this done. Don't you dare make that mistake because when you move God out of your life, the problem is you become God. And human flesh cannot be trusted in that seat. And then, of course, you go to verse 16. The husband turns it on the wife. And then the next chapter, brother turns against brother. And then by the time you get to verse chapter 5, I, I, the length of our lives are decreasing because of the impact of disruption of relationships and this killing and violence and all of that. And you go all that. Now, let's go to the last book in the Bible. Very last book. Revelation. Here's a picture of where God is trying to move us towards. It's an important picture. It's relationship. It's our relationship. After this, I saw a vast crowd. I had poked the person next to you and said, you think you're going to be in that crowd? (laughs) Come on now. If you know Jesus, you're in the crowd. All right, I, I can guarantee you. All right. Too great to count. Watch what he says. Every, shout every. 
every nation. Come on now, that's, that's big nations and small nations and European nations and African and Asian nations. Come on, every nation. And what? Tribe and people, ethnos, that's ethnicity, right? That's, that's, that reflects all the ethnic groups in the world. And language, that's, 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 that's English and Spanish and Zimbabwe, oh, all of it. Come on now. Standing in front of the throne. Look, they're in perfect relationship with one another, but they are also in accountable, loving relationship with the one who sits on the throne, which is the lamb who was slain that we might be redeemed. His name is Jesus. This is the picture, come on now, of the next level. Come on, next level living at its best. All right, here's the insight. Here's the insight. Watch this. Here's the insight. When, well, let me do it this way. Take all of the problems in the world. Let's go to the conflict between America, Iran, and Iraq that's happening right now. Or the economic struggle between America and China. Take all those problems. God says they boil down to one basic insight. Relationships. How do you treat other people? How do you handle power? Relationships. Are you honest? Are you dishonest? Are you accountable? Are you not accountable? Are you respectful? Disrespectful? It all boils down to who God is simply saying. Well, this is the hope of the church. I'm going to talk about this in uh, 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 the next series after this called The Radical Us. This is why the church is so powerful and has a greater opportunity. What Jesus is saying, if you, if you, if you follow me, come on now, I'm going to always call you into transformed, redeemed relationship. Handle them with care. Here's another way of saying it. If the relationships in your life are okay, then life is okay. Here's how I say it. If me and my wife are getting along and my kids are healthy and nothing wrong with them, come on now. Uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff, everything else I can handle. Do I have another amen in here? Come on now, but let something go wrong with one of my kids. Come on now. Let me and my wife not be able to work something out. Then my whole world falls apart. You don't believe it? Check, track the actors and actresses. The point I'm trying to make, you want to go to the next level, really? It starts with your relationships. Okay, let's go to the text. The writer of Proverbs, we don't know. We th- most of it we think was written by Solomon. There were a number of them that was written by unnamed people or folk that were not clear. There are some speculations, even may have been some women may have been partakers in writing some of the prophets. We're not sure. We don't know. But what we do know is that the prophets written really inside of a relationship between a teacher and a student primarily. And at this particular context, the, the, the teacher is now getting ready to push the student into the world. And he's basically saying the number one thing that you want to guard is wisdom. Everybody shout wisdom. 
And, and he says, and wisdom is demonstrated by how you handle relationships. And so, really, his summary of the first part is, is, is number one, pay attention to your relationship with God. To summarize it, Proverbs uh, 3, right here. Trust. Look at that. That's a relationship word. Everybody shout, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Just talked about that. And watch this. Seek his will on your job, in your family. Come on now. Uh, uh, through the complexities of life. In all you do. And he will show you which path to. That's in education, that's in economics, that's on your job, that's at home. Tell the person next to you, he'll show you. The second thing he says is really summarized in verses 14 and 15. And in verses 14 and 15, he collapsed two concepts. He says, to live a life of wisdom is to honor the relationship with God. But it's also the, watch this. It is also about the internal criteria by which you make your choices. But it is also, watch this, about the external crowd that you run with. Relationships. It is right here. Uh, he says, Ephesians 1, he talks about the path of the what? Righteous. It's like the morning sun shining bright. You move into the light. He says, yeah, so, so, so if you're running with righteous folk, not perfect people, but righteous folk, that's why you got to show up at church and get in a small group. Nobody's perfect, but they're faithful. They're trying to be guided by God. Uh, uh, you're liable to end in one place, but if you're hanging out with the wicked, come on, you're going to end up in deep, dark places. These folk, uh, uh, they're stumbling and they don't even know why they stumble. You know anybody stumbling don't know why they stumbling. The crowd, relationships. All right, now, let's finish it up here. So he ends this with some, what I call fresh insight. Let me take you to, I got three, I'm going to run you through it real quick. The first thing he says in verse 25, great to start off the new year and a new decade. He says, uh, in the verse 25, he says, uh, Look straight behind. <laughs> oh, I just see where you're paying attention. I didn't know. <laughs> no, he says, look straight ahead. Stop living in the past. Stop reliving the past. The past, come on now, is the past. I've got people in marriages where one partner has done something wrong. And, watch it now, if they have apologized, I did say if, shout if, they've apologized, they've owned it, they said I'm sorry, and it was three years ago, you ought to leave it in the past. But you keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up. One philosopher said this, you cannot heal a wound, keep touching it. So he says, focus on the future. Then the second he says, okay, I'm going to focus on the future. He says, fix your eyes on what lies before you. The Hebrew means what's right in front of you. All right, here's my translation. I want to challenge you to pay attention to the relationships that are important to you that's right in front of you. Shout it, right in front of me. All right. I'm going to give you, here's the first little insight I'm going to give you. I call it a next level practice. Say it with me, next level practice. Next level. Investment relationship. 
Here's what I want to challenge you to do. I'll tell a story. Tom Racine is one of our elders. He's sitting up here in front. He's got five kids with Marion. By the way, they've been married 60. Six, how, many, how many years y'all been married? 61. Going on 61 years. Look at this. Stand up so they can see you. Stand up. Stand up. Turn around. Turn around. This is why y'all need to go to the marriage retreat. <laughs> it's possible. Tom taught me something. I go to uh, I connect with him from time to time. He taught me something. I call it a next level practice. Here's what he does. He's got five kids. He has he has connected each kid to a day of the week. One kid is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And every kid knows their day. And on Monday, for example, that kid knows two things is going to happen. Number one, Tom's going to pray for them. Now, if Tom was here and come up here today, he, he would tell you, I pray for my kids all the time. But what he means is, on that day, he goes deeper. He spends a longer period of time. He's, he's interceding for them on behalf of the challenges in their life. He's thanking God for the gift that they are to him. He's, he's praying uh, for, for God to, to disrupt the, the negative details and bring his plan to faith. You know, he's, really, he's praying for that particular child. Then secondly, he always calls the child and has a conversation with them. Every Monday, wherever he is in the world, he calls that child. Why don't you try that as a practice? My point is, I want you to identify one major relationship, or maybe two, that, 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 that you want to go to the next level with. Uh, maybe not because something is wrong, maybe because it's just so fabulous, you just want to go deeper. Or maybe you know, I, I need to push it to another health. Identify one relationship and identify one practice. Figure out the frequency. Do it. Look at what's in front of you. Invest. It might be for some of you, it may be your spouse that you're going to do this with or your significant other or your, your partner. Uh, I guess, you know, those of you who've been dating for 30 years. <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but anyway. <laughs> maybe inside of that, maybe you will practice affirming. Maybe that's your one thing. That, that because the statistics says that couples who, who make it 60 years, one of the things is they talk positively about each other. They, they affirm one another. They tell one another things that are good. They, and they do it publicly as well as privately. They brag on their spouse with their friends. Maybe that's your practice. Uh, maybe the practice is you got a teenager and, 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 and you're feeling distance from them. Well, maybe identify one activity that the two of you can do together. Maybe it's on a weekly basis or, or every other week or once a month or whatever. Find a frequency that makes sense, it's realistic, and then do it regularly, consistently. Not so you can pump them for information. Because <laughs> teenagers are smart. Just hang out with them. 
and you'll discover that on their own, they'll let life start talking. Uh, maybe you have a long commute. Maybe you're in a car for 45 minutes or an hour, an hour and a half every day, going one way and coming the other way. But perhaps you should decide, here's how I'm going to use my friend. I'm going to take some of that time and I'm going to call some relationship that I need to work on. I'm going to call my spouse. I'm going to call my child. I'm going to call mama. I'm going to spend that time in the car. You get the point, don't you? One practice, one relationship that you can do right in front of you. Right? The last one. Point here. He says, then clear the path. Actually, the, the, the verse is uh, it's translated a lot of different ways. Uh, uh, it's, 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 uh, it says, mark the road that your, your feet are on. Another translation is, think about it. Give it much thought before you step. Okay, here's, here's the ideal. The ideal is this. It's look down the road, see where you're going to walk. Look for rocks in the road. Look for ruts in the road. Fill in the ruts and move the rocks. And mark out the path. Level it off. That way, you won't walk in the road and break your ankle or trip in the rut, right? Here's a modern day example. When I used to be at my grandmother's, once a week she made us clean up the living room and I had to vacuum. And I, I never liked vacuum because I had to work twice because she had a shaggy rug all over. And she would tell me before I could vacuum, I had to get on my knees and go through and look for uh, pennies and uh, uh, paper clips and little rocks that come off people, all that. Why do I have to do that? Just run the thing. And, and she said, because if you just run the thing, run over it, come on, it, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and cost her money, she got to go fix it. Right? So, 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 so do the work in advance. Move stuff out of the way. Clear the path. That's what she said, right? That's what some of y'all, that's the insight, right? That, that, that some of y'all keep running over the same stuff and your relationships is dysfunctional. There's <laughs> something that says clear the path. All right. Let me, let me tell you how to do it real quick. What am I going to clear? All right. Number one, clear out of your path, relationally, uh, old mistakes. Old mistakes. What do you mean? Forgive yourself. Okay, let's back up. We did communion. Communion says that Jesus died on Calvary's cross to pay the price for our sins and our mistakes. If we believe that, then he frees us from guilt and shame. You can still be regretful, but guilt and shame, he frees you. All right? Tell the person next to you, he paid it all. So when he says you're forgiven, you're done. It's over. All right? The big problem for many of us is we believe that. It's we don't know how to forgive ourselves. I told y'all, I think it was about a year and a half ago in another message, that when I was a senior, I went on a trip to Republic of China, Taiwan, 
I was there for two weeks, and not one time did I call my aunt, uncle, who had poured the second half of their lives into raising me. Not one time. I got home. They were so uh, hurt, and it came out as anger. You should know that, that usually on the flip side of anger, if you turn it over, it's hurt, right, or fear. And they were just so angry. And, 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 and I was 50 years old when I realized that I hadn't forgiven myself. I was, I'm a preacher, y'all, at 50. Pastor. Here's how I know I hadn't forgiven myself. Whenever I would think about that, I'd feel guilty. I'd feel embarrassment. And I'd feel regret. Regret's okay. Right? And then I was reading through Psalms 103. Some of you know it. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his holy name. And then it goes on down and talks about how God handles us. He, he doesn't always accuse. He doesn't hold stuff against us. He talks about his love, right? And then it says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our sins from us. As the heavens are high above the earth, uh, uh, that's how he's separated us from our mistakes. And then it's as though the psalmist is anticipating us, asking the question, how is that possible? And then he he fills in the blank with the answer. He says, because, everybody shout, because. He remembers our frame, how we're structured. And he knows we are but dust. The images of the pottery, potter, working with dirt and mud, working out, shaping out something. And when God showed me that, he said, that's how I can forgive you, boy. Because I know that when you were 18, you were wet behind the ears, and, and you just didn't know. You were work in progress. Come on now. And when I realized that, I could let it go. Right. Oh, watch this. Let it go, but hold on to the lesson. Today, if it happens, I'm the first to call my loved ones. I hold on to the See, here's the deal. There's a difference between a piece of work and a work in progress. And somebody say, boy, you are a piece of work. That's a difference. That's different. You know what, they, what they're saying? What they're saying is, man, you're still doing the same crazy stuff. But a work in progress is, 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 I broke my lesson, and I'm not perfect, but I'm faithful, and I'm applying. And here's why I want it so clear. Uh, that's old mistakes. And then lastly, uh, get rid of, uh, let me give you one more point, and then I'm out of time. Here's why you need to forgive yourself. Because... If you think poorly of yourself, you will perceive, you'll be convinced that others think poorly of you. You will see what's not there. You will hear them say what they did not say. When you forgive yourself, and then when you realize that Jesus died on Calvary's cross for me, if you really, really believe that, listen to what I'm trying to tell you, if you really believe that Jesus died for you, it's impossible for you to say, Jesus died for me and I ain't worth nothing. Because if he died for you, you're worth everything. And then lastly, you and I need to practice forgiving others. Right? Why? 
Because if you are a work in progress, don't you think they are? Give God a hand praise. Amen.